I'm just going to pray before we take our seats. Father God, we thank you for this house. We thank you for every life here that matters so much to you, Father God. And we pray as the Word of God is preached this morning that you will speak to every single person here. Father God, that we would receive the Word, that it would change us and we would leave here uh, differently to how we came in. We give you praise and glory for this house and what you are doing in our midst. We are honoured to be a part of it. We give you praise and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And C3 Silverwater said, Amen, amen. Why don't we give the Lord one more round of applause as we take our seats. Fantastic. Thank you, bands. We love you. You're amazing. It's good to be in the house of God. And what a great report from Friday night here at Youth. I saw some photos and it looked just amazing. And six young people making the greatest decision they can make in life to put Jesus as their number one. And uh, if you have anyone in that high school age group, I'll tell you what, get them here on a Friday night and see their world transformed and changed for the good. Because our young people need to stand on a rock and there's no greater rock than faith in Jesus Christ. Well, this morning uh, we are coming around. Uh, We are in a series called Money Wise. And I'm really excited to preach here this morning because I know that uh, we need to hear certain things in life to help us. And I know that uh, when you live in Sydney, you need to be wise with your finances. <laughs> when you live in one of the most expensive cities in the world, it shouldn't put fear in you. Uh, you need faith and you need wisdom to really uh, go to where God wants you to go in life. And we live so in a culture that is just tracking on a way that is quite off the Word of God. And here today, we're going to come back to the Word of God and see that uh, we can do this part of life well because it does matter. Because way too many marriages are breaking up, relationships are failing, too many people are carrying anxiety in their life because of mismanagement with money. So it matters. It really does matter. Last year, the Sydney Morning Herald put an article out in their paper saying that one third of Australians are feeling financially stressed with damaging effects on mental and physical health and social relationships. That's a third. That's way too many, and that would be even higher in cities like Sydney. So this is just a deal that we need to, as the church, speak into and help people and really get a God perspective on it. Because who knows that God is a good God? Who knows that John 10.10 says that He came to give us life and life in abundance? He's a good Father. He's a good God. He doesn't want us stressed. He doesn't want us feeling the weight of this world so badly that it's pressing us and condensing us down. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to pop up bright. He wants us to be doing really well in life. And if we can do this area well, that's just a part of it to help us to go forward. And if you're here today and this is a struggle for you, I am believing with all my heart as the Word of God is preached that there will be things being illuminated to you that will be your keys for your future and they will help you and you will be able to change the course of your life and those following behind you because of the principles in the Word of God around this topic. And the church does need to speak about it. And I'm grateful that we are having an opportunity through this series to speak into it. Because finances do matter. And they tell you what, they matter in our personal life because they determine often where we can live, 
what kind of education we can get. They can sometimes determine whether or not we can follow through with the call of God on our life. And it matters. It matters. So let's do it well. And let's go to God and His Word to help us with this. They reckon that, um, that uh, you see up to 5,000 images a day of advertising. Isn't that incredible? That over the course of the day through being on social media, driving, like you drive down any street, you know, a main road and there's just advertising. There's a lot of people trying to pull our attention and get us to spend money and do things. And sometimes we need a little bit of help. But before I start today, because I'm going to share some keys here, I want to start what I believe is the, the Christian God basis around money. And it's this, that you should not love money. You should not love money. It says this in Ecclesiastes 5.10, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Money is not to be your source of happiness, and we are not to love money. Jesus said this in Matthew 6.24, No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So it's all about the heart. What's in your heart? Are you loving money? Because if you are, I'd encourage you today to make that change and make sure that you are not someone who is a lover of money. And the thing is, when you put God first, that gets in the way and God's first and money's never first. You put God first, but we've got to make sure that we've got the foundation right. We've got the foundation right because money really, it's not much more than some paper with pictures on it, virtual numbers in a statement, but it's incredible the power of it if it isn't seen in the right way, because there's people who go and they kill because of money. Relationships and marriages break down because of money. There's all sorts of grief happening in this world because of money. It is destructive if it isn't in someone's heart in the right way, and you can't have it as a lover within yourselves. It's not how it's meant to be. So today, we're going to look at some money management principles around this part of life. There is over 2,350 scriptures in the Bible that cover money or possessions. That's a decent chunk of the Word of God. And I think it needs to be in there to such a degree because the pull, the pull for it can be really powerful and it can get a lot of our attention and it is there And it can be really tempting. And I think we need the Word of God just to get us some balance sometimes and give us some good directions. So this is eight principles around money management that I believe can be very impacting and very powerful in our lives. The first one I want to touch on is to work hard. Proverbs 14.23, And all work brings a profit, 
but mere talk leads only to poverty. You've got to work hard. 99.9% of the population needs to work hard. There's the odd person that is, for some reason or other, doesn't work that hard and does all right. But for the majority of us, for the majority of us, we actually have to work hard and it's good for us because work leads to income. Work is really good for us. It gives us great disciplines in life. Work is really good and we need to work hard. And if you're ever going to get tired in life, make sure it's about something good like working. Be good at working and work hard. I can remember when I got my very first full-time job, that was at an IT company that I ended up working for for 15 years. Uh, When I was doing some study, I had a job in that season at a golf club and when I got the full-time work, I still did some of the other work. I would, I would, two afternoons a week, I would drive home from work and detour to the golf course to go and wash golf carts. Because I just, I had this system down pack. I was like the world's greatest uh, golf cart washer, like ever. I had this system. I'd line them up, this hose. I had this system, but it was early married days. We had dreams in our heart. Natalie was, was studying, and I knew that I could cover petrol in two cars. We had two cars at that time from me washing golf carts on the way home. So I went and did it. Working hard can be really, really good for us. Really, really good. But I want to remind us of a biblical truth about ultimately that our work reflects on God, that ultimately working for God is what we're doing. He is really our boss. We're ultimately working for Him. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Work because you reflect beautifully. If you've got a hard, if you've got a hardworking uh, mentality and you're good at working hard, I tell you what, you reflect so beautifully, Jesus Christ in this world. Because if you say I go to church on a Sunday and you're lazy on a Monday, <laughs> it doesn't look good to the people you're working with, to your boss. If you say I go to church on a Sunday and you're working hard on the Monday, I tell you what, it does look good and it reflects really well. It reflects really well. Yeah, let's give a lot of round of applause that we would be people who would work hard. And I tell you what, doors will open for you as you work hard. When I first got into that IT job that I, that I mentioned, I had done some marketing study and I got into this company and the first job they gave me was building laser toner printer cartridges in the warehouse. I knew I didn't want to be in the warehouse. I wanted to be up in sales. So do you know what I did? At lunchtime, I wouldn't really spend an hour outside just looking at the sky. I asked if I could go up into the sales room and start making sales core in my lunch break. After six weeks, the boss said, you're getting out of that warehouse. You're straight into the sales room. I ended up becoming a sales manager in that company because of hard work. Hard work opens doors. Be someone who works hard. The second thing here this morning, avoid unnecessary debt. Financial wisdom is to live on less than you uh, make and don't buy something unless you have the money to pay for it. That'll help some people here this morning. Don't spend more than you make and don't buy unnecessary things. There can be times to be in debt, and it can be good debt. If it's a debt around an asset and it's increasing in value, that can be good, i.e. a house. As long as you do the calculations and you can handle the repayments, 
But don't just sink yourself into unnecessary debt. There's a lot of things I would like in life, but I know that it's for another time or another season or I can do without. Because debt can be a thief. Debt can be a thief because it can steal. It can steal from you. It can steal your joy. It can steal your peace. Proverbs 22.7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Slaves don't have options. They serve the master. And debt is a horrible master. So just get a little bit of wisdom around this kind of thing. Is, is that a good thing to go into debt for? And if it's going to kind of go and depreciate, it's probably not a great thing to go into debt for. If you're walking around your house and you're sitting on your couch and you're like, oh yeah, I took that out on an interest-free, but I haven't paid for any of it and it's coming up and then you open the fridge and you're like, I didn't buy that either, I put that on credit. And then you go to the washing machine and you don't own. They're just things that might have been wiser to have purchased a different way, i.e. save and pay cash for them instead of going and you know borrowing and then going into these, this system of this unnecessary debt. You've just got to be really wise. We need wisdom. We need to do these things well. And just be really realistic about where you're at. I think that's what it's about. Because often you enter into a season. When I was 18, it wasn't the time to get a brand new car. But as time went on, guess what? I was able to buy brand new cars with cash. But I wasn't at 18. So you make wise choices. And the carrot dangled sometimes about the new car that you can go and get the big car loan out. Just get some wisdom around it. Get the calculator out and say, excuse me, this is five years of repayment. How much is it a week? Get your calculator and go, oh, it's that a week times 52 times five. Okay, so the $30,000 car costs $36,000 in repayments. And then ask, and what happens after five years? I might want this car to, oh, you've got to pay a balloon. And how much will that balloon be? Oh, about $12,000. Okay, so thirty. So my $30,000 car is going to cost me $48,000 if I want to own it after five years. They're good calculations to do sometimes. And obviously there's times within businesses it's really good to go and get the car loan. It can work out. But sometimes things have a time and a season. And if you can handle it, then it's good. But it's good to do the sums and kind of work it out. This is just good. And this is biblical to really go through and, and think about these things. To think about it. What kind of debt is a good debt? Should I go there? And if you're here today and you've got a whole lot of debt, I would encourage you to make it a focus, a focus, a focus to start paying it off, paying it down, getting rid of those debts. And it can just be day after day, week after week, chip away. Life goes so fast. If you start chipping away now, you'll be surprised how quickly you can get these things to no longer be there. Are we... You still like me? We're okay. The third thing, save. Everyone say save. Save for the future. Proverbs 14.23, there is precious treasure and oil in the house of the wise who prepare for the future, but a short-sighted and foolish man swallows it up and wastes it. Be someone who can save. It takes discipline. Discipline is not always easy. But Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Amen to that. That's got a lot of truth, but painful. Later on, however, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness 
and peace for those who have been trained by it. I love the Word of God because it helps us. It helps us in life. And if we can get these principles, and maybe you haven't put them in life, but if you can grab hold of them today and make the change today, you're setting yourself up for a much future tomorrow, a much brighter tomorrow. It is there to really help us. And in a culture of this instant gratification where everything is a click away, you can pretty much buy anything you want by a click It's so close sometimes, but we need to make sure that we're not living just out of that, that we're thinking things through, that we're saving, we're making the sacrifice, we're doing some of the small things because we'll reap the benefits down the road. As marriage went on, we kind of realized we could go on in our early days with one car instead of two. It was a little bit inconvenient. I had to get some lifts to work. I had to get the bus to work. But I tell you what, When you start as a young couple and you've got a dream in your heart to to be able to buy a house in Sydney and and travel around the world and be generous in certain areas and be a vision builder, the sacrifice was worth it. It was worth every bit of it. Because that second car, even if it was a cheap car, it's probably like $5,000 a year in insurance and registration and repairs and, and petrol and all of that. And for quite a long season, it was probably about six years, we did without but we had some end goals in mind. And I look back now and think it was worth every single bit of the sacrifice. Walking down that hill from Eleonora in the freezing cold to get the bus in winter, it was cold. Natalie went and got me some little pocket warmers at one stage, but it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. And why this was happening, we were saving. We were saving for a house. And we saved and we saved and we saved and we saved. And life, as I said before, it goes quick. And if you just get into a process of not spending everything you get and you start getting a portion and you're putting it away and you're putting it away, I love what savings can do. We got to the stage as a young uh, couple where our interest was almost level with our rent. So our monthly interest off our savings was pretty much level with the rent we are paying monthly. It was a miracle. Interest rates were a bit higher then, but I tell you what, it was worth it. We were saving for something. We just, and the day came when we were ready to buy the house. and We had the deposit, and it was a reasonable size deposit because we knew the power of saving. We made the sacrifices. And I think sometimes we've got to do it. We've got to make the sacrifices. Look at what's going out. Just make the sacrifice if you need to. And I reckon one of the best steps you can take of faith is to just start that account that you just label it, even if it looks so far off, it's my house account. Just start it, take the first step, sow the seed. There might be $5 in it today, but say, I'm going to go down to that bank, I'm starting uh, a new account within my, you know, and I'm going to, it's going to be called my house account. Uh, It might be $5 this week, it might be $12 next week, it might be $2. Just start it, start it, and just get that thing going. Start dreaming about it. Let God see the start of some faith. As you say, I'm going to, it might be Sydney, but who knows that God... He owns the whole world. It's his city and he's on your side. So you start the journey. Just start the journey. Years ago, we wanted to go to uh, take the kids to Disneyland. We started the Disneyland account. Guess what? The Disneyland account doesn't exist anymore because last year we went to Disneyland. We used the Disneyland account. 
but we saved. We didn't want to go into debt for that. We saved. We waited. And I tell you what, the thing with saving it is when you do go to spend it, you kind of, it's almost like you, you'll spend it in a good place because you know the hard work it was to save it. Credit's easy to spend, but when you've worked hard for it, you'll find that you'll be making much greater wisdom decisions because you worked hard for it. So save, save. Because I'm not just saving for myself. Proverbs 13.22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Children's children. I'm leaving inheritance for my children's children's. And if I have to save to get there, I'll be saving. I'll do whatever I can. The next one is spend wisely. Be really wise in where you spend your money. Have some wisdom around it. John Maxwell, great pastor from uh, America, says, a budget is people telling their money where to go instead of wondering where it all went. Just be wise. There's this great ad on TV, and I can't remember what. I think it's for a bank. And you might have seen it where a guy's, there's a couple on a couch and it's like Friday night and he's on the phone ordering, I think, Chinese and getting his favorite meals on, on the telephone. And the wife's on her phone and she goes, do you realize we spent, I think it's like $380 in takeaway this month? And he overhears that and goes, sorry, wrong number, midway through the conversation. Because, you know, some banks allow you to track where you're spending and it's a good thing to do sometimes to see where it's going. So you can tell it where to go instead of wondering where it went. I love that. (laughs) We just got to get good at things like this. I remember a few years ago having an opportunity to buy a a car. It was a nice car. It was a European car. It was turboed. It was leather. It had all these great things. And I just thought, you know, I'm not sure here. What will I do? See, what God does in life is he surrounds us with other great people. And sometimes wisdom actually is to speak to those people and take their advice on board. And I wasn't sure. And uh, this this stage, I was full-time in my marketing job. And I rang two friends. They're both involved in finance. And I just said, look, can I just ask you a question? I'd love some advice. And as I asked them, I've got this opportunity to buy this car. And it's this, this, this. Two of them both gave me the same advice. And it was, no, it's not, not the season right now. Don't buy the car. What did I did do? I didn't buy the car. And then I looked back in hindsight in the the next 12 to 24 months and I was like, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, I didn't buy the car. Some things had changed and I just went, it's good to get some good counsel sometimes. Go and ask the question, make the call, take someone out for coffee and listen, get advice from them. Luke 14, 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? The Bible is good. That's really good advice right there. You sit down. Do you have what you have to compete it? It's a good thing. Poor Jiong, who we heard from on the screen last week, restrict spending to where you are at. I love that. And we so need wisdom. Wisdom's really good. I was looking through a news feed two weeks ago, and down the bottom of this, like looking at news articles, was this, it looked like a a genuine article, and it was about uh, Shark Tank. Does anyone know that show Shark Tank where investors come in and, uh, I mean, people come in with their business ideas and there's five uh, investors and they, they kind of pitch it and they say, do you want to get on board? But this article was ridiculous, but it was, it, was, it was written as if it was a genuine thing had taken place. Two young guys from Melbourne had come to the show and they had this amazing uh, 
kind of trading uh, website where you could invest $250 as a minimum and it would do these algorithms and, and you're reading it as if they were on the show and live on the show, one of them had invested $250 and within three minutes had made $72. And the writer of the article said, you know, I've had a go and, and, I, and I made $1,900 in the first seven days and, and then I took my money out after 30 days and I made 7300 It sounded too good to be true. Guess what? It was too good to be true. It was a phony, like fully like stitched up, like as if you're reading this article. We so need wisdom. Be a Solomon and ask God for wisdom. We need wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Be wise. The next one, be content. Have all the dreams in your heart, but don't miss out on all the good things that are happening in your life right now. Don't miss out on what God is doing, what God has for you right now. I think that's one of the keys. Don't look over the fence and say, oh, I just wish, I wish, I wish. No, celebrate everyone over the fence that's doing well and be content with what you have, with the dreams for what God would have for you in the future. 1 Timothy says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. That is a good thing to live by. Be content sometimes with where you're at and just keep checking your heart, celebrating other people. It's a good way to live. The next one, the next one is have faith. God is with you. He's good. He's working for you. He's a good father. He's with you. So we go into these areas with wisdom and and doing things well, but you undergird it with God's big. And I'm going to have faith that He's going to work for me and He's going to work with me and He's going to come and miracles are going to come my way because I do all these other things well. I'm just sitting under the blessing of heaven. Sit under the blessing of heaven and wait and see what He will do. And have faith, Hebrews 11.6, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You put God first and you get ready to see how He will reward you. He is that kind of God. He is a good God. He is a good God. Dreams will come to pass. To buy a house was a dream. To take my kids to Disneyland was a dream. Dreams just keep coming. They keep coming my way because I stand on the promises of the Word of God. I follow it. I'm not always perfect, but I do my best. And I'm an example of when you give your life to Christ, we didn't love money, but you love God first. Just wait and see what He will do and the increase that's there for you. Two more things quickly. We okay? The next one. Have integrity. With all money-related matters, be honest. Have integrity. That, that is where you tr- truly do sit under a blessing of heaven. When you're sitting down to do that tax thing, don't try and see the ways that you can get rewarded by being a little bit dis. Have integrity. Be honest. Luke 16, Jesus says this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Let's be people 
see-through silver, want to let shine with integrity when we're out there in the marketplace, when we're in our jobs. Let's shine with integrity. And the last thing here this morning is give generously. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Let's truly have a generous spirit on the inside of us. Let's be generous. And the great thing is, if you put the principles of God into your life and over your money matters, you'll just find that you have so much to be able to be generous with. You'll be able to be generous. And generosity is one of the most beautiful things. And I'm just love my, uh, my kids, little Jesse, eight-year-old Jesse. He's just got this thing on the inside of him of generosity. My kids at their school get this uh, book club pamphlet every, every term and, and uh, I give them a bit of money every year so they can go throughout the year and pick the books that they want. So when we discussed this early in the year, little Jesse, eight-year-old, he only had $20. He said, Dad, I want to give $5 of it to Sienna. She was already getting 20 so she's got 25 Cleo, I'm going to give $5 to Cleo. So she's gone from 20 to 25 He's left with 10 but I tell you what, it's one of the sweetest sounds to hear the generosity come out of someone's heart. So sweet. So sweet. I'll get the band to come. It's just sweet. Sounds so great. And I love hearing that. I love hearing his generosity to those around us. I love hearing his generosity to God. He, uh, he has a, a deep desire to, uh, to own a Nintendo Switch, which is a game, game console. It's $400. They don't even give you a game for the $400. But he really wants one. So a week and a half ago, we came up with a plan. I said, okay, Jesse, this is how you're going to get a switch. I said, I'm going to give you jobs to do around the house. I'll pay you for the jobs. Once you hit $200, I'll match that $200 you'll have $400. You can go and buy your Switch. He was pretty excited. Some of the amounts I'm giving him for the chores, he's not happy with, but we're working on that. True story. He called a meeting with Natalie and myself. Was it yesterday? He called, he called a meeting. <laughs> he wasn't happy, but we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. But you know what? After his first four days, because he had so much enthusiasm at the start, he was at $15 after four days. That was a pretty good start. I said, Jesse, tell me something you're learning. And he looks at me and goes, Dad, this is hard work. On the inside, I'm smiling. But I just love his generosity because he's got a little bank account we've had since he started school. I said, look, I'm kind of thinking that's for something probably a little bit more asset than a console. But I said, look, you can take $25 out of that account and put it into you part of your 200 we could do that and he looked at me and said dad and I want to take more than that out I want to take another 50 because I want to go and put that in the offering at church little eight-year-old Jesse just already getting some of the principles some of the ways knowing I believe in his heart already that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it knowing that God's good and, and God's way is generosity and it's such a beautiful thing when you're around someone who's generous what a great great thing and I just know that if we stand by the word of God if we obey the word of God if we put 
the principles that have been in here for thousands of years into life. I believe great things will happen. I believe there'll be people even here today that today's the start of the turnaround. Today's the start of your comeback. That you felt under a weight because of finances, but today's a new day. As I was praying into this message, I I felt that for some of you, it's like you're, you can find there's a ceiling on you, but I want to tell you here today, that ceiling, it's not brick. The ceiling is thin and it's see-through and it's like glass. And even today, you can break that thing open and start on a new track. And that one day you'll look back and say, yeah, I'm leaving an inheritance to my children's children's. Because I started doing what the Word of God said. I started implementing those things into my life and look and see what God has done. Our good and wonderful and magnificent God, because He loves you. He's with you. He's for you. You are the head and not the tail. He is for you today, tomorrow, for the rest of your days. Come on, let's give Him some praise, because He is good. He is good. He is good. Why don't we stand to our feet? Because I just want to pray now, because I really do believe that it's going to be different for many of you. For some of you, you're nailing it in this area. Could I encourage you? Have eyes to see who you could download and pass your wisdom on to. Look out, there's people in this community, they need you. Look out for them today. Take them to the glass house. Have coffee with someone. Start sharing your life story because you've got things that can help us. But if you're here today and this is a wait for you, today's the turnaround day. Today's a new day for you. So why don't we just right now, we're just gonna pray because I believe right now that you are gonna bust through that glass ceiling. You're gonna enter into a new season. The debt's gonna go. You're gonna start to save. Dreams are gonna come to pass. You're gonna buy that house. You're gonna make a way. You don't know how, but God is the God of the heavens and the earth. He created it. He is a miraculous working God. And there will be some way, somehow, you will start to earn property in this land. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that you're a good God. I thank you, Father God, that the Word of God has all we need to lead us, Lord God, not being ruled by money, that we can have a heart, Lord God, that's firstly after you. But Father God, we can do this part of life well. And I pray right now for anyone who's feeling the weight, anyone, Lord God, today who's under debt. Father God, I release the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. Father God, they will have faith today to see their way through. They're gonna make it, Lord God. They'll have a testimony because you're a good God and you love them. We thank you, Lord God, and we give you praise. We give you glory.